used to like a computer. Got it. I don't know the format of mobile Zoom. Yeah, it's this. It's wonky. It's it's really weird. And sometimes people give me like Teams links, and they're like, "We should talk on Teams," and I'm like, the, "All of it's top shit." Like, it's just I don't understand. Teams is yeah. top shit. You're 100 percent right. It's fucking. It's got, it smells for... like bacon. My laptop one day when I was in college just decided that both the microphone and the camera wouldn't work anymore, just like overnight. Nice. Uh, no real reason. No one could. I, I I took it to IT and they were like, I don't know. I yeah. can't. I don't know what's up. So turn it on and off again. Always been on and off. Don't worry about that. <laughs> I, uh, I'm in a constant fight with technology. I had to get a cheap laptop because, you know, I'm like trying to save money and stuff. And so all of our all of like the video interviews we do, like I look like I'm in like the background scene of the Poughkeepsie tapes and it's just like, it's really kind of creepy to look back on. So we haven't done a highlight reel yet. I'm hoping we never do, but if we do, <laughs> I'm thinking eventually I'll get like a better camera or something. But um, yeah, it's like it, a pretty aggressive focus. Yeah. It's like the black, the background's <laughs> kind of blurry. I, yeah. I, I haven't figured out how to fix that. Um, I don't think I'm going to. And I, <laughs> I'm supposed to be the computer savvy when it works, so don't tell my don't tell my coworkers either. But um, <laughs> thank you all so much for coming in. Um, uh, so the, how this usually starts is um, I'm going to do our little intro spiel. I'm going to introduce y'all, and then you can introduce yourselves. You can state your pronouns if you like, and then we'll kind of get like dive straight into it. Um, I have my question list. And also, I did want to talk really quick about tracks that you'd like, because we do, I don't know if you've listened to the show before, but uh, we do like to, like, have the music of the bands on. So, like, we'll pick three tracks. So, um, you know, if you, if y'all didn't have any preference, I was just going to probably do, like, your newer singles, um, like, uh, Blighttown Type B and um, Hand of Obelisks. Obelisk of Hands. Obelisk of Hands. Sorry. And then maybe pick something... Actually, honestly, I really like that song you did. I think it was last year. Uh, My mother is begging, so I was yeah. throwing that on there too. Um, yeah. But if you had like a preference, or if you even wanted to like do another little premiere, well, by the time this comes out, I think the album's coming out on the fifteenth, right? Twentieth. Uh, Twentieth. Twentieth. Okay, sorry about that. Um, I think we might be. We should be in our schedule. I think it should be a little bit before then, but it's all right. We'll we'll figure it we out. Do towers. You want to do Towers? I don't care if you leak a song, dude. Whatever. Fuck it. <laughs> I mean, five days. I don't know if I could call it a leak if you make if y'all, if y'all approve, but. Do Body Fountain. Yeah. Body Fountain? All right. Yeah. I mean, that's a nice literal quick to people just go on the internet and watch live. Right. Like half the album's already on. I was going to, yeah. That was also one of my questions at a certain point. So we'll get we'll get into the hot stuff later. But um, Hell yeah. Okay, sick. Well, we'll pick those and we'll do a little thing where I we'll do the introductions and stuff at the end of the episode. But um, okay, so I'm gonna kick right into it. Hopefully, I get the song one take, and then uh, we'll go straight to the interview. All right. Cool. Yep. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, trans and non-binary punks of all ages and denominations, welcome back to another episode of Not Just a Phase, and thanks for joining us. If you're new here, let me get this out of the way really quick. We're online at notjustaphase.net, on Instagram and TikTok at notjustaphaseworldwide, and on Twitter at NJAPworldwide. We also have recently kicked off our Patreon if you want to help support the expansion of our podcast and blog spot. 
and all the other content we continue to create for you. I may technically be on probation from the TikTok because Rob found out what I've been saying on there. So we will get back to you on whether the TikTok will actually continue or not. But today I'm really stoked because we have we are being joined by members of Dreamwell, hailing from Providence, Rhode Island. They've been absolute screamo warriors for a minute with a delectably heavy blending of scrams, post-hardcore, and queers and fuck you sonics. Their 2021 debut, Modern Grotesque, had the scene fiending for more. And finally, we're getting it with In My Saddest Dreams, I Am Beside You, dropping this October on Prosthetic Records. Hey, this is KZ from Dreamwell. You're listening to Not Just a Phase, and this is our song, I Heard My Mother Begging. joining the show how are y'all doing today hell yeah you hey. living talk yeah <laughs> i'm an, i'm low-key addicted so like it's not i can't even really be like yeah fuck tiktok fuck a tiktok i haven't downloaded it yet yeah it's don't do it yeah <laughs> we have rough. a tiktok i've just never uploaded to it that's all right i made one and it then works. rob's like oh you're actually doing it huh and i was like yeah i am and then i think i i posted your set from nff and i think that's the only thing <laughs> hell yeah dog Dreamwell um, on top always every time all the time but yeah for for all the listeners at home uh would you like to introduce yourselves and then also the uh instrument you play in the band yeah uh i'm kz i'm the i'm the one who yells predominantly i'm the one who yells the most uh i'm ryan and i play one of the guitars in the band i'm aki and i am the other guitarist all right awesome thank you all so much again for joining us um so you know as a podcast we're always curious like what um our guests are listening to if they listen to podcast podcasts or if they're into audiobooks do you all have any favorite podcasts that you listen to while you're on the road or individually uh i listen to like washed up emo okay pretty frequently i had a i had a i had a podcast phase but i'm kind of out of it now um because my my commute used to be really long but now my commute's really short 
And I think that listening to a, a podcast disjointed in that way is uh, stressful as hell. Yeah, I can't do a podcast in sections. No. No. Fucked up. It I'm not... Sorry. No, you you go. I, I'm listening to my uh, Trying to Fix My Brain podcast. It's called Inner Bonding. Mm. Uh, it helps sometimes, I guess. I don't okay. listen to podcasts for fun, though. Only for uh, for work on my brain okay i see yeah i feel that <laughs> the heal i i yeah i was super into that like a year or two ago where i was trying to figure out like familial stuff and i was like oh i have entanglement and enmeshment issues like my, my partner pointed me towards some podcast and information about that so when that all the issues yeah right it's like why check a box i'm just gonna have to fill the whole thing out <laughs> so well you know, that's good, too. It's nice that we're in that era where you can kind of just find someone to just talk at you about, like, the shit that you either need help with or are interested in, you know? Before, you had to just go find a dude in town and just pray that he wasn't just going to talk to you off about the Civil War, you know? Yeah, I never want to rely on a dude in town, frankly. <laughs> yeah, they're always sketchy, especially nowadays. Um, so outside of music, what other hobbies and passions occupy y'all's free time? uh i mean i work four jobs so uh working four jobs is my predominant hobby um, yeah, i'm very passionate about it you yeah I'm so, I'm so stoked <laughs> about my life and the way things have worked for me uh it's really cool um I, I i like i don't know i like to play board games um i'm also like into powerlifting. those are like my two things i guess I skateboard sometimes. Hell yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, I love snowboarding, but that shit is is expensive. So yeah. I haven't done it in like four years. We, had, we went once. Last time I went was literally with Aki, I think. <laughs> that Probably. was, that was, I think that was One six years ago. Oh shit. Yeah, I mean, that shit's fucked up. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and yeah, like Casey said, besides that, I just do other music fucking things or i am working <laughs> uh once we once we get screamo actual screamo rich from this album we can do a, a ski trip nice oh yeah do dream all weekend at Aspen. <laughs> you can just like stay at like the little like you know the you, the lodge you, you can find, a, can find you a sauna hell yeah like, no. like, ought to have a spa on a fucking get, like the nice little sweater tubs there you know, People with ghosts. oh yeah <laughs> one of yeah that's true <laughs> One, no, of important, uh, old, sorry. So. one of the I'd important sorry. One of the One of the important band hobbies is uh hot tubs. Okay. Very important Love band time. hobby. Right on, That's okay. real. So collectively y'all love a Schwitz. Oh yeah. Um <laughs> when we were on tour with Doral is a beautiful place, we we tried to hit every fucking hot tub that we could find at hotels and shit. It didn't matter if they were like we broke into one. Yeah, because you know, like They'll turn the hot tubs off, but they always keep it running at like a low, like mm, temp, right, so okay. that like it, it's less expensive to keep them vaguely running than to turn them on and then the like, idle temperature. Yeah, so like <laughs> it was like we would go into them when they weren't really hot tubs; they were just like warmer than a pool tubs, uh, and even that was like good enough for us, you know. All right, the tepid tubs. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. 
Oh, I didn't say my other hobbies yet. Oh yeah. I I rock climb. Um, so I do that a lot. Uh, I like hurting my hands rock climbing, which is very good for being in a band. Do you prefer like spaces where you can go do that, or do you like to like get out and like really do like the outside kind of version of that? I know. I only do. I only really do um, indoor climbing for now. I'm a little more all weather, less work. Um, what else do I also? I'm I'm mostly do like mixing and recording as like my main thing. So I guess that's a job and a hobby. Right on. Okay. Um, yeah, you uh, have like a studio kind of that you run or like you are yep. in your studio, right? Go ahead and plug mm -hmm. it. This is the space. New House Studios, come work with me. I need money. I can be trusted with mixing your album. <laughs> I'm gonna cut that into an ad for you. I'm the play roller coaster tycoon. I know that's oh, yeah. your hobby. <laughs> oh yeah, it's a solid hobby. I'm a I'm in a competitive roller coaster tycoon community. Wait, wait, wait. it's competitive. How is it competitive? You just make cool shit, and then you everyone votes on what the coolest one is. Um, our true. team was a world champion uh, five years ago. Get out of here! Are you so, serious? Um, yeah, I have. I have that. Not, um, that might be my crowning achievement in um, art. Is that Beautiful. I am um, <laughs> never going to be the screamo world champions, <laughs> but uh, I'm the roller coaster tycoon world champion. Yeah, forget screamo that, rich. You should be roller coaster tycoon rich. That sounds like I a wish. Bit. Like the the phrase My life world is a bit. Uh, roller coaster tycoon team sounds like a bit. You know what? People would have said the same thing about Rubik's Cubes, but do you ever see those speed Rubik's Cubes kids? Like, I don't know how they don't like just break their own knuckles. They move so fast. And like the cup stacking people. The cup stacking people. That... <laughs> if I see you do a Rubik's Cube fast as hell in front of me, I'll beat the shit out of you. I'll fucking trust you with that, dog. <laughs> never a Rubik's Cube phase? No! No? No, I get bitches, doc. Casey totally has Rubik's Cube hater energy. <laughs> yeah, that shit's dumb as fuck, dude. What the fuck do you mean? You didn't memorize your algorithms? No. <laughs> Those dudes are pulling, I'll tell you right now. That's out there. If I can't brute force something, I have no fucking interest in it. <laughs> You can take the things off and put them back together. Yeah, you can break them down. <laughs> yeah, that's probably true. That's how I would solve a Rubik's Cube. I haven't done one in a minute, but I knew how to do them at one point. I, oh, I, I could not be bothered. <laughs> I want to film I want to film both of you racing just to get one done to see like easy smash it and Ryan actually try to like fix it. Yeah, I'll I, throw it against the wall. I have like a keychain mini one. <laughs> Out of here. Don't show don't show it to the case. might like huck it. So a lot of times I sit in the back of a car or listen did to you, music. Did you have like the yeah, ones that are like, shaped different? No, fuck that. No, this is that's way too much. That's like when people play like the the three, the four D chess or whatever with all the like different. You ever see that shit? That's way too much. Fuck loser shit, dude. It's insane. Anyway, uh, so we usually also want to know like how did y'all kind of get into the scene like either punk or hardcore or underground music like any of that stuff like what was your entryway kind of? uh i mean my first show was uh clutch at 
the axis in or sorry i've been i've been corrected in the past by people older, older than me it wasn't called the axis it was just called axis in boston uh in 2003 when i was 10 years old um so i mean i guess i like didn't have a choice like uh my dad just made me listen to shit uh that was the first thing i saw um and i don't know i think i started actually like going to shows on like a smaller scale there was this band when i was in high school there was this band who was like literally our school band like they would play at assemblies and shit just without their vocalist um but they were like a fucking like like an early 2000s like metalcore band called chaos before creation that had an electric violin um and uh ahead of the time like their guitar player was really good um and i used to give a fuck about that when i was younger so i was like really into them so i would go to their shows um so my first local show was at a, a a boxing ring in uh whitman massachusetts right behind priority where we yeah. used to practice in the phone yeah, um shit. yeah horrible place but fucking dumb that was my first uh it was it was um it was chaos before creation and then there was like a like an easy core band called despite it all that's good. uh that's and that's the only band. but And then, I don't know, I just started playing, like, in my first band and playing at, like, Knights of Columbus and shit, and that was that was kind of it from there. Hell yeah. Yeah. Um, I've always just, like, raided my family members' CD collections, and when my brothers, they were listening to a lot of, like, the early 2000s emo and, like, hardcore shit that was coming up so i got into like coed and afi really quick um but i just kind of basically for five years my life was just constantly trying to start a band with anybody yeah but for some reason in fucking new bedford massachusetts nobody wanted to play instruments um so i was just always constantly surrounded by like jocks and shit um and eventually in like high school i finally started like playing in bands and shit and then with that just discovering more underground and further deeper down fucking more punk music just with that and yeah started playing shows and shit and still doing it that's awesome um so i started i listened to like uh when i was like 13 started getting to like pop punk and like uh stuff like lincoln park and system of a down um i eventually ended up getting more into like metal and i was just kind of like uh like a metal head where i was like anything that's not metal is like bad and like poser shit um i my first band was actually with um, my current now roommate and a uh, person that I run the studio with, uh, James, who uh, we had like a melodic death metal question mark band when okay. we were like 18. And we just played like shitty pay to play stuff around California. Um, did that. Uh, eventually moved to Miami and then. For college and then moved up here 
uh, and one day responded to a uh, Facebook uh, post about looking for a second guitarist for a screamo band, and here we are. Nice. That's rad. So you all kind of came up in all, like slightly different but somewhat similar scenes in different ways. Yeah, more or less. Like our drummer and bass player, Anthony and Justin, like they came up in the same scene, like going to shows together, being in bands together. Me and Ryan, I guess realistically, like we came up in the same scene, but just in like two different eras. Yeah. I was like kind of sheltered as a child too. So I didn't really have the internet or like my own living will until I was 16 years old. I got you. So that's when I started finally doing cool shit with my life. <laughs> um, and yeah, that's when I discovered the shit of a scene that was South Coast, Massachusetts. How old were you when you joined Lymphoma Twins? Uh, so that was what, 2017? Probably. So that was 20. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. But I was, yeah, I was like, yeah, yeah, 20. I was, right. I was still technically 19 when we started Dreamwell. Mm -hmm. Damn, that's wild. And I'm 26 now. That's rad. Wow. There was a look of shock that came across nice. Ryan's face for everyone back home when they said that out loud. I just like have to remember just like the pipeline of what Jumel is of just mm. me being edge and then my life now. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Just like edge. You've been in Dreamwell so long that you've the, been the, two entirely different human beings. The, 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 <laughs> yes. <laughs> the amount of vocalists we've been through in that span of time. Yeah. <laughs> and I and I used to do drugs and drink back then. Different simpler times. Yeah. Like it's not I don't know what happened in those five years. <laughs> Seven. I, yeah, you know, but, but I heard eight. <laughs> I understand the first two. I don't know. <laughs> the first two made sense. Those were great. <laughs> After that, it was just kind of a. Oh wait, then I broke edge. Yeah, there that's you go. Yeah, weird. Yeah. Weird that it would it would be that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so you know, we always like to ask, uh, what two records do you feel like define either you personally, or do you feel like kind of you you can into the band a little bit. Like also define the band in a certain capacity. We actually literally just did. <laughs> oh, we gotta change it up. We gotta fi figure out new ones. Yeah. Oh, okay. Was this on? You did this on a different podcast or something? No, we did it for Not Fest. We did like an article. Um, oh, okay. It was supposed to be like ten albums that changed your life, but we all wanted to do it, so we just did two Each. albums ahead. Okay. Um, Here, let me let me flip it a little bit then. What's an album that you've heard? in your life or recently maybe that you were like i pray to god i never fucking hear this shit again and i hope this artist goes away forever oh we get to talk uh -oh. shit of course that's what we do here yeah. that's what we you're do tapping here, you're tapping in the fucking dream well now dog i mean i I've, I've heard a little bit of your other podcasts i know there's some haters like lurking beneath the surface and i, I got, got little... people hate us <laughs> or we hate things oh no that like y'all y'all definitely are willing to you know spit your game about what sucks and uh, I really, really don't understand the genre of like rock opera, and I think that real. Ghost and Sleep Token can just not exist, and that'd be great because I'm really just tired of just like sixty white dudes that think real. this shit's hard. Yeah, real. <laughs> I mostly 
I mostly hate bands based on the people that are in the bands. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, the, usually the most offensive music for me is just music that I forget, and then I don't remember what it was, so it's kind of like right, whatever. But there's there's a lot of uh, there's definitely like I'm I'm not um I'm not a very big person, so I'd probably get my ass kicked, but I'm a piece <laughs> of shit. So like, <laughs> there's a, there's a lot of people that I hate enough that I would probably fight on site. Okay. Very cool. I'm trying to not pick like a really obvious one because like I don't mo not for any reason other than like I hate people like accusing me of only hating something because it's popular. Yeah, uh, that's a that's weak argument. That's that. always been a weak argument, by the way. As a tried and true hater, um, like why can't you just trust that I really authentically hate some shit? You know. Yeah. However. Um, I will say, and I, I can very easily thwart that uh, argument um, with this pick. So despite the fact that it's a, a very uh, uh, like low-hanging fruit, um, I'm going to go with Ice Nine Kills. Nice. Um, because I, A, I do not ever respect a band that's built entirely off of a gimmick. Um, and like I just don't understand like how you could value uh, yourself as a creator or as an audience consuming things when like, you know that this band is just rewriting other people's shit. Right. Cause like their whole shtick is just turning horror movies into songs. Yeah. So it's like, you're not even actually creating anything. You're just rewording a screenplay that someone else already wrote. It's yeah. fucking weird. Every time I've seen a video of them on Instagram, Uh, of them doing like their insane stage show where they don't even like try to pretend that they're playing any of the shit that's happening. Um, That drives me crazy. And uh, I played with Ice Nine Kills in 2011 at Max's Blues Cafe in Brockton, Massachusetts, when they were just like a local metalcore band. And I thought they were dog shit back then too. So it's not just because they're selling out arenas. I I hated them when we played the 30 fucking worst bar you've ever been to okay i've been fucking hating ice nine kills so don't fucking try it with me dog <laughs> my buddy always used to especially when they like got bigger was like they're just like they're just like war without any of the actual creative talent like they just I, have like this horrific idea of things and they're like we should do that but they just don't there's no oomph. there's no oomph in that band i called them today on twitter i called them stephen king off broadway <laughs> And I'm sticking to it. I think that's, that's a it. heater. <laughs> Didn't he like those fucking it or whatever? Yeah, he's been doing like a Pennywise thing recently, Ugh. but pacified Pennywise. It really sucks. Damn, that's a bummer. Does this really awful fucking like squeaky voice too? It Ooh. sucks real. Damn, that's some wienery shit. But I'm glad I asked that. Shout out uh, Jeff from Sunflower because uh, he told me that y'all are haters. So that's real. <laughs> If if anyone knows uh, that I'm a hater, it's Jeff from Sunflower because I fucking <laughs> that dickhead. <laughs> I'm throwing one out there just because I know it will cause like sh- stupid DIY discourse again. I uh, I would I would fight the 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 dude in uh, were um just because like uh, fuck him. Sure, um, yeah. The I don't care about yeah. Yeah, I don't care about his influence or whatever. I think their music always fucking sucked. 
and was like boring as shit. And I think that whole wave of like, uh, like the most boring rehash of like five seconds of like a My Bloody Valentine song is like kind of not interesting or cool. That's but I mean, I can I can excuse that <laughs> if like the people in those bands are good people. Yeah. But uh, not fuck that guy. I would fight that guy. That's valid. Yeah. Fuck's ass. Just on the face. <clears throat> he has a very punchable face. <laughs> and it's a shame that it hasn't been punched yet. Yeah. I just told Travis today that that he needs to prepare for us to be for threatening people <laughs> in our interviews. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah. Awesome. Um, so switching back a little bit to the scenes and things like where y'all came up, uh, how how are you, how is the local scene in like Providence? I know you've kind of been all over too. I feel like if there's somewhere that you'd really like, also really like to see, what were, what were the scenes like and what are some bands from that scene that you really want to give some love and shine to? Or hate Haley. Um, no, I'm not going to hate on any small bands. Um, I, I have, a, I have a thing. Uh, I do, I have a code. I'm okay. not gonna hate anybody. All right, um, Robbie. Method. Yeah, the Fantano method. <laughs> um, but uh, actually, there is one band I'll 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 happily talk shit on um, in a moment. I, I'm I'm changing my mind just for one. Minute. <laughs> I knew it was uh, in there. I knew it was in there. Um, I can already tell it's gonna be Rob's favorite episode. I. I don't know. Like the Providence scene is is cool. Um, it it's got a very like long history of championing like, uh, just innovative and like interesting, like, you know, shit. Um, just with the the sheer number of just like fucked up bizarre noise bands that have come out of here, and uh, and I like to remind people that technically the Talking Heads started here too. Because uh, all of the members of Talking Heads met at Rhode Island School of Design, and they started a band called The Artistics, and then they moved back to New York, and then they became the Talking Heads. But they they were they were fucking in Rhode Island when they started that shit. Um, right. And okay. I don't know. I think it's just like cool. You know, there's um, there's a lot of like accessible small venues that bands of any size can can access and play shows at. Um, and then there's like we where we kind of struggle is we don't have like very many like mid-sized venues yeah in in providence like we've got like fet and the met and that's sort of it um so like bigger bands that you know they need like a a four or five hundred cap minimum venue they don't really get to come here all that often because like if one of those two spaces is booked right uh, then you're kind of fucked. So you wind up like sort anything of anything else is like a theater. Yeah, right. right. It's 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 just not accessible for that necessarily. So you wind up having to play a lot of Boston shows, mm-hmm. which makes it a little bit harder if you're if you're aiming for um kind of being like the go to like opening band for a bigger show. Right. It makes it hard to be that in Providence because it's just not happening in Providence all that often. Okay. Um, uh, I really like playing shows in the Midwest, uh, like particularly like um, Chicago, Minneapolis, um, and 
uh, Milwaukee have been really fun so far. Um, shout out to um, Bird Law, who I think are technically from Chicago, but also affiliate with Milwaukee, if I'm not mistaken. Um, band sick. Um, it's a great and, band name. Yeah, they're they're oh. they're really dope. And then uh, we we want to get kind of more into the south, um, or at least I do, because um, we've got a lot of friends in the south. But the band I want to talk shit about uh, is from uh, Charlotte, North Carolina. Okay, uh, that's a great state called, to talk shit about. Uh, they're called Demon Teeth. Um, we we had been we we got to Charlotte. It was us and our friends in the Holy Ghost Tabernacle Choir, and we got to Charlotte. And we asked if they would do like a local sandwich, right? Um, so a local and then the two touring acts and then end with a local. And the fucking dude from Demon Teeth was like, uh, we just have like, we've got like friends that are coming that expect us to play at this time. Um, and we were like, yeah, man, that's why we're asking you to play at the end. So those motherfuckers hang out. And then they were like, well, I had to drive like here from work, you know, and we we're like, that's crazy, dog. We had to drive from another state, actually. So, and then they were like, oh, well, we're all touring bands here. And I was like, oh, I, I guess I must have been mistaken because I thought that you were from Charlotte, North Carolina. Uh, and he was like, well, a couple of our members are from out of state. And I was like, that's not what touring band means, brother. <laughs> you, have, you have a few people who are there specifically to see you and like no words to a song is fucking crazy. Um, but oh, yeah, fuck Demon. And I guess like specifically fuck the drummer from Demon Teeth because I didn't really interact with the other ones and I can't speak on them necessarily. Well, they're and from their state, so they might be okay. Their vocalist was like, their vocalist was like, uh, uh, Dreamwell is on tour. Like they asked how long we were on tour, like when they were playing, they were like, how long is the tour? And I was like a month. And he was like, oh, fuck. Like that's, that's crazy. And then I went, yeah, you guys are on tour though too, right? <laughs> And uh, back to the Providence scene, little band I want to shout out because I don't think they get enough credit is like People Eating Plastic. They're really cool little like math duo. I've never heard of that. Like hella type shit. That's like because it's not as annoying on drums. Real. So real. But yeah, All they're right. fucking. I feel like that stupid mathy type shit. People eating plastic. I. Uh, Toronto scene's really sick. Um, I mean, we we're at we're all at New Friends. Um, yeah, it's crazy. And like, yeah, just what they're doing up there is really cool. Um, so, like, shout out to new friends. All yeah. Shout out there. To, um, Treehouse of Horror from yeah. Toronto. Yeah, they playing that shit this tour. And uh, sure that. shout out to uh, Jetson from Montreal. Montreal sick too. Okay, very cool. Jetson fucking rules. Their set was awesome. Hell yeah! I fucking love that band. Uh, I wanted to ask really quick, actually. I just remembered there's a band, there's like an old hardcore band that was from Rhode Island, like in like the mid 2010s. Have you all ever heard of Convulsions? No. All right. Well, it was a long shot. They had a split with uh, Black Kites, which is one of the thousand Tom Schlatter bands. So I was just a little sure if they were like beloved or hated. I wanted a little bit of little goss, but that's okay. The rare no opinion from KZ. Yeah. I mean, right. I'm sure on me i would have a very binary opinion on them but i've just never heard them so that's fair they were they were like a weird hardcore band so when you mentioned that like rhode island providence like really fosters like a stranger kind of 
really cool like sonics sound in general for all these bands that that's what made me think of them yeah there's also like there's so many little mini scenes within providence so it's like tough mm-hmm. to yeah really figure out everything that's happening that is true <laughs> you got like all the grind kids and then just like the weird art kids and then right etc etc how's the screamo i mean because this is emo violence is happening there and i know that i, I guess illuminate my heart is kind of like based out of providence yeah. or like based out of rhode island or yeah based out of providence based uh, out of as of right now this building yeah well yeah yeah um i played with matt and another band called immediate and there's there's like a lot of like really young college kids doing a ton of punk shit right now and that kind of seems to be like the majority of that scene is just like mm-hmm. all these college kids getting into the screamo yeah the 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 screamo the screamo <laughs> scene in providence is is primarily run by the zoomers yeah because you got we're like too, cattle, all those we're too old for it we're not a part we're not welcome <laughs> That's all right. I'm, That's what it's like out we here. We played a screamo gig or a, a zoomer screamo gig. Yeah, Ryan is a zoomer cusp. So, <laughs> ah, he's cuspy. I got you. Yeah, I'm the only one I can a little cuspy with it. <laughs> uh, one thing you like you were mentioning the um playing in like in Boston. Uh, I feel like uh like when people think of like cities that are unlivably expensive due to getting priced out and like gentrification and shit people think of like san francisco and new york but i feel like boston's really one of the worst ones um so much because like the biomed and the fucking um defense uh war crimes industry that uh the entire city is like based on um there's been so many practice spaces shut down in boston uh and there's still a lot of artists there's still really cool shit happening but everyone's struggling there's like five drummers in the whole city because no one can afford a place to like play drums at um and a lot of those people are getting priced out of the city entirely and going to like worcester lowell um but also a lot of people in providence are people who used to live in boston and a lot of that scenes move down to providence because it's a more livable city um so while all the big like bank owned (laughs) venues are in like boston um they're literally like what is it brighton music hall brought to you by citizens bank uh (laughs) that's the right that's what the venue a lot of venues like in boston and boston lost one of their best like small venues and like great scott uh so it's it's really hard there right now for artists and uh, i feel like providence has become a more uh livable place for the average like diy musician yeah boston has the opposite problem that i was saying island has which is like if you need a 400 cap venue you're fucking golden you've got no issues if you need uh, a venue that your band can play you're fucked yeah. you're just absolutely fucked. um yeah, they, oh, like, yeah like small boston shows or like basements o'brien's yeah. in alston right what o'brien's in alston or something yeah like and if, if o'brien's is booked the night you're trying to play sorry yeah oh wait we have more shit we can talk uh fuck can't have lounge can't underground fuck can't have <clears throat> underground forever yeah. <clears throat> All right, can't have underground. What's the fucking story with these jagoffs? They've got a. They have a. They have a. They have a decibel limit. <laughs> they didn't tell us. They booked for, us for music. 
Yeah. <laughs> For live music, they have a decibel yeah. in it. What do they think you were a Beach like Boys cover band? Like we, we were that night. <laughs> I'll tell you that. Um, I think it was we had to be like it was 115 dB. Yeah. Which is Anthony snares louder than that. So Anthony literally we were sound, we were sound checking and he was checking the decibels and he was like, it needs to come down. So we turned the amps down and he and, and the kid was like it actually got louder somehow because we played a more aggressive song. So Anthony mm. played harder and we were like, wait a minute, hold on, Anthony, you just play. And that was just Anthony playing was, was peaking. And he wouldn't mic our cab. So we didn't have like any monitors like to hear our amps or anything. So I was like, dude, I literally can't turn down less or I can't hear myself. He functionally like, didn't do sound that night. He was just a cop. Yeah. And yeah. He was like, what the hell? like willing to work with me at all and i was like guy we just i can't tell this guy to be quieter than what he's playing it's the acoustic drum set (laughs) yeah holy shit he was like so you're not willing like he was like just play softer and we were like we've been playing these songs every day for a month like we're gonna like he's going to play them the way that he's been playing them it's that's how this works but dude they had like a jazz band playing upstairs for the bar attendees. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that we couldn't be louder than. That's so weird. Like give a red oh, card they had to the, like, like Jack Johnson. They had the security guys like take us into the back to like try to intimidate us about it too. Oh, it was really funny, God. and I just called. I just told them they were acting like cops to their face. They really yeah. liked that. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm surprised they didn't take a merch cut. Did they take a merch cut too? Jesus. <laughs> there was there. Yeah. They didn't get anyone there, so. <laughs> It was very funny that they took us in and like one of the security dudes was like crossing his arms and looking at me. And then I just told them not to interrupt me again. <laughs> I was like, dude, I don't give a fuck about this or you. You can kick us out. It doesn't matter, dude. I don't give a fuck. Um, yeah, and then immediately just played a sound check and it was just like twice as loud as our sound check. <laughs> yeah. So fuck Cam Tab Underground. All right. Fuck that place then. It should have. It should have gone instead of Great Scott. Yeah, it should have been then. Great it Scott it. forever. Yeah, I've never heard of that place until we played there. Uh, I've seen Orboros and aiming for Enrique there with Justin. All right, well there you go. Were they too loud? Time I've been there before that, and that was like I don't know, like four years ago at this point. Huh. Damn, that's goofy. It was goofy as hell. There's no doubt about that. That's mad goofy. Um, well, Boston does have the uh, the fucking uh, the, that place that's like behind H Mart. Fucking the uh, the arena, no, you know, Coliseum. What the fuck is it? What so that little like dingy ass like BFW? Uh, Demar- oh yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Or um, the Hardcore Stadium. Yes, that that that's what I'm thinking. Of. Hardcore Stadium, yeah. Do they? They're also venue. No, yeah, hard. They're good. I don't know how the fuck you like book there or even like. Yeah, no idea. Happened, no idea. It's a cool, tiny place. Yeah, I saw. It's very blow. secret. Yeah. Oh, on a different occurrence with Old Gray before Old Gray was not good to listen to. Oh shit! Oh, crazy. Yeah, that was actually like the year before all the shit fell apart because like they just put out the new Old Gray album. That's funny. That means that that was <laughs> that was when there were like actively basements in that scene. Yes. Because I, I still talk about all the time, one of the f- most fucked up shows I've ever played 
was at this venue called the Democracy. No, not the Democracy Center. Sorry, the Discovery Zone mm-hmm. in Alt, Massachusetts. That was just someone's apartment. Big. <laughs> like in like a complex. I mean, we played some uh, house shows in Alston and some of our earliest shows. Uh, we have in 2018, we had no business playing this, but uh, Shizune played a basement in Alston that oh. we uh, opened for. That was really That's fucking cool. It was like right on the railroad tracks, too. Yeah. So it was just trains. But the thing is, yeah. like, so the thing that happened back in like 20. 13 is that like a basement venue would pop up and it would last for like two months but the cops were like actively like sniffing them out yeah. like like one of their top priorities for like a couple of years was shutting down basement venues um so that shit just more or less died eventually so fucking stupid all the other shit that these cities have like going on you get fucking shut down like the cops it should have gotten rid of them instead literally actively at that um discovery zone show um, because the, uh, you're gonna, you're not gonna believe this, but the neighbors didn't like that they put on shows in their apartment building. I um, would, yeah, could have fooled me. So, uh, like in the middle of, we, pl- it, it was, we, we played with, uh, When Skies Are Gray. Um, Damn, and it, like the middle of their set, one of the, uh, one of the neighbors pulled the fire alarm, uh, oh, wow. so that like the, the, the cops would come. So we all had to leave and like hang out in this park that was just across the street so that like we weren't technically on the property anymore. Yeah. So they couldn't about shit because we could be like, no, we're not in there. I don't know what you're talking about. That's, that's fucking ridiculous, dude. Uh, place fucked. Place was so sick. Yeah. <laughs> 10 years ago and now today, this seems been so different but yeah. yeah like massachusetts is like kind of like a wasteland to find anywhere to practice or do anything yeah real as hell it's like your options are whitman priority or some mills that don't have heat on north front street in new bedford damn which was my very first practice space at 16 years old there was three homeless men that lived in it all right it was great i mean some shit there it was pretty cool yeah Unfortunately, cities landscapes change all the time, especially these days. So, fuck it sucks. But uh, shifting gears a little bit, I did want to get into talking about the new album because I'm, you know, thank yeah. you for sending me the advance on. I've literally been listening to it nonstop. Like it's so fucking good. I'm so hyped about it. So I wanted to ask a few questions, if that's cool, and like we could kind of get into more of like the process for for y'all while you were writing. I know you've been playing the songs for a little while now, but now that it's like all under like kind of all in one place and flying under one banner. Like how, how does it feel to finally kind of have that happening? It's sick. Honestly, it's really cool. Cause I've been really soaked about this album and how it came out um, for a minute now. So I'm glad that people are like getting to actually like hear it. Um, we've been playing some of the songs for a while, but there are still songs on the record that we haven't played. Um, and you know, there's there's no telling if or when they'll pop up in a set, but mm-hmm. um, there's there's still a lot of shit um, left to hear, and you know, obviously, how they exist on the album is going to be a little bit different than how they exist live too. So, um, it's just exciting to like 
because we play the we play the songs live kind of where they feel best in terms of energy for a performance but like right they're they're definitely very like sequenced and and segmented like uh meticulously so i think listening to them as like an album uh like a full album in a single sitting is a, a very um specific experience that we've kind of created yeah fucking is <clears throat> yeah i i don't like when albums don't have any flow whatsoever yeah when they just kind of it seems like they basically put a mixtape together of their own music yeah yeah uh, I mean, it's really important cool, it's like it's hard to like have memorable moments that way yeah yeah, like they're... writing writing an album and not just a collection of songs has always been important to me and and important to the important to this band. So we definitely uh, we started when we started writing it, we were just kind of writing, but once we got about halfway through it, we started getting very deliberate about sequencing and um, where songs were falling on the album as we were writing them. Okay. Yeah, yeah, like introing when when justin started playing the, the little bass riff that starts the first song on the album um like i immediately like i heard that and i was like i want like this has to be how the album starts because i even feel like uh like something about good reasons to freeze to death and how it starts and how it introduces the album and transforms over the runtime of the song itself to me like serves as a, a bridge between our last album and this one where like that song in particular gives you a little bit of what you expect from the last album. Uh, and then it gets more, more intense than I think anything we really did on the last album, but nothing too like, it doesn't reach too far. And then suddenly within a couple songs, we're playing a fucking doom song, you know? Yeah. So like it, like it sets you up to be like, okay, these are the things that I recognize from Dreamwell and what I expect from Dreamwell. Um, but then it ushers you into, like, the territory that we explore through the rest of the album. Mm. So, like, it's an, an album listening experience, but I also think that we've created, like, a discography listening experience, too. Okay. So, uh, you're, like, kind of re... Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Ed. Well, yeah, one thing that I think has been really fun is when we show people the album... Um, how they react you can kind of tell how far they listened so far when they reacted um because there's a few people who will be like listening to the first song on the album and be like oh yeah you guys got a little more like accessible and mm. uh and i'm like oh you haven't heard this whole album yeah. did you <laughs> and then they're like oh okay <laughs> yeah i mean i i feel a lot of that like the dynamicness of what the band kind of has been and what y'all are trying to go for now like all of it like seamlessly feels like it's flowing together and like i'm really curious about your writing process like when um is this like something where you are kind of compartmentalizing things are you all in the same space and you like bang out like stuff over the span of like a week or a month like how does how does your whole writing process work um, um oh, oh. In, in terms of like what we're uh like when we're actually writing the final versions of the songs um we're all in the room together all the time we'll do a lot of like coming up with ideas um there's there's a lot of uh riff videos floating around in the group chat 
like, hey, I did this today. Um, and then we kind of just filter through those. But in terms of like the final songs getting getting written, it's always been important that we're in the same room doing that together. And we had a curveball this time around because we had Justin in Iowa for like half of the album writing process. Hmm. Uh, so other than that, it's mostly us all just in the room throwing shit together and just kind of oh, working. Yeah. yeah, we had a fun challenge of, uh, okay, we, gotta, <clears throat> we have these six ideas and we need to turn them into six songs in six weeks. Yeah. Uh, so that was um, a lot of 12-hour days. Yeah, half was like pretty laid back. The other half of the album was like, okay, shit, we gotta actually do this. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think like when you listen to the album, it sounds like super deliberate um, and methodical, but I think the actual songwriting process is just working through shit until it works. Mm -hmm. um, and I just think like something I've I've always said particularly about like writing lyrics is that like, regardless of whether or not you mean to or if you in your head you have like a grander vision um that you're working towards or not um you're going to be capturing a moment in time right like wherever you are as an individual in your life and the experiences that you're going through in this moment of time are just inherently whether you mean for them to or not they're gonna dictate what you're doing in some capacity so as long as you're just like authentically writing you're going to organically fall upon that thing where they sort of just go together because you're writing from the same place you know you're you're writing for the same purpose um as long as you're doing it organically and not like cynically um and i think that just helps like you know we we were all over the place with how we wrote certain songs um you know we were literally all over the place in terms of like one of us writing our parts from halfway across the country um but because i think we were all just individually present in the writing process and like treating it like an organic experience we just kind of fell into creating something that's cohesive um because we just let the natural um, progression of creating a song happen.
I mean, that really makes a lot of sense because it feels like when you were talking earlier about flow and everything, like I wasn't sure like how that kind of structure came about, but it definitely, the album definitely feels like it, you sit down and you listen to it and you're having an experience of an entire, not even just like maybe your discography, but there's like clearly a narrative that's being driven across both sonically and lyrically, like from what I could pick up. And so I also kind of wanted to ask a little <laughs> bit about, there's like a lot of recurring themes in your lyrics, DK, and even in like uh the feelings i kind of were that were being invoked in me like from like the riffs or the drumming of like this really like sense of just being feeling unloved or feeling unlovable or feeling like trapped in like this really like kind of hellish mental state of like I, there's nothing i can do and like there's as much as you can try there's nothing that you will be able to do and so i was wondering if like that was something that maybe i kind of had like felt that was like kind of purposely baked in or maybe it was the mental state that you were talking about i'm not sure um well i mean yeah it's both it was uh like it's not how i it's not how i approached it initially i was just kind of writing songs in the moment um and writing authentically mm -hmm. um and as a result of that i started to realize oh wow a lot of these songs are coming from the same place um a lot of these songs are i'm writing them for the same reason uh, so then I I started to then craft the bigger picture based on that. But it was it came from I wrote like three or four songs. and I was like, oh, I'm on a thing right now. Um, so how can I turn that into something that's more like artistic and intentional um, from just kind of the, the chaos that invented the like <clears throat> the, the direction in the first place, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The instruments go like I. I never write from like a place of like theory or mm -hmm. anything. It's it. You, I will sit with the thing until it sounds like I think it should sound, or just it's, it's just what like what Casey saying. Like I don't know, just like it kind of happens, and it either sounds right or it doesn't, and it just like kind of goes from there. There's one song where. The lyrics did come first mm -hmm. and like we acapelled it out and uh, it yeah it's, it's kind of it's hard to explain it's like yeah it's more so just like sounds and and like how it feels and like you said like yeah it's literally just like i don't know what notes i'm playing i'm just making the guitar sound fucking gross and it mm -hmm. sounds with the other people in the band doing whatever the fuck they're doing <laughs> right yeah and then I'm like I think from there it becomes a thing of like I had the lyrics for all towers drawn in the equatorial room written way before that song started to come to fruition. Mm -hmm. um, and then from there, it was just a matter of waiting for them to start playing a song that sounded like that's where those lyrics were supposed to go. You know, it wasn't just like, a, Oh, we're working on a song. I've already got these lyrics. So I'll just mm -hmm. put these lyrics in this song 
it was like I heard them playing the first riff and I was like, oh, yeah, that's the one that these lyrics go to because that song sounded like I felt when I wrote those lyrics, you know, so it's 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 another thing of like it it all comes from chaos and then we sit with it and we kind of let that die down mm. and then and then now we can be more intentional with what we're doing. You know, but I think both of those things have to happen for you to create something meaningful. Yeah. And then Aki, um, I think you were saying something. Oh, yeah. Yeah. In terms of like the, like you were saying, some of the music mirroring what you're feeling in the lyrics with that like sense of abandonment and stuff. Um, I think a lot of that comes from the fact that uh, like we've been doing this together for years now. Uh, we, talk to each other and share our lives with each other outside of doing band stuff. We know what everyone's deal is, but also the fact that we're all drawn together to do this in the first place. I think all of us struggle, have the similar interests and similar struggles in a lot of ways with the types of things that um, Casey talks about in the lyrics. Um, I think we all can relate to that in some degree. And I think that's, a lot of what brings us together as people. And so uh, when Casey was like talking about the themes and the songs, all of those were just resonating with me because that's a lot of the things that I struggle with too. And um, I think I was really, I was really feeling those things as we were working on those songs, just because that's, the things that we all struggle with. Right. Um, and I think it just kind of worked out that that kind of gets baked into how we're playing our instruments, um, just like naturally. Um, one thing that did feel a little bit more like, oh, here's a cool idea that we kind of, how we want to sequence the songs was, um, I feel like how we sequence them, it feels like you're just having like a mental breakdown and you're just getting to like a shittier and shittier and more chaotic and unpredictable like place. Um, and that was very much like, oh, I like we wanted it to feel like that um, as the album progresses. Yeah. Like you're like musically, it sounds like you're losing your grip and you're losing control um, and like going to like a shittier and shittier place. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like the end of the album, like it gets, it, like it's less heavy, it gets lighter, but it, I, it, I don't feel like it gets any less, like, tired, and mm. dark. It just like that. That's what it feels like to me. Like it just, it gets tired and just fucking at the end of its damn rope. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah. And it, yeah. At the uh, at, towards the end of Rue Denam's, I definitely was like, oh my god, like I don't think that this album it. You know, feel free to correct me, obviously, but like I was like, this album doesn't have a resolution, and like that's terrifying. And I was like, that's really fucking sick too, because yeah, you want resolution. Because like, we were like at tour, like on like minute eight of that song, we was like, this song needs to just fucking end. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we just need to have a riff that just ends, and that's the end of the fucking album. Right. Well, we uh, I think y'all wrote the um wrote that last riff first. Um, yeah. Yep. So there was basically a Justin's bass riff to start it and that riff that ends it. And then it was like, all right, fill in the blank. <laughs> fill in another six minutes. How do we get from A to B? Um, um, 
Yeah, right. And no, yeah, like you are, you're dead on. Like the point, lyrically, the point of that song um, is is saying that like after all of this, um, all of the exploration of like why are things going wrong? Um, you know, how come how come everything is is catastrophic all the time? How come I'm constantly suffering? Like, where does the suffering come from? Um, the that song is literally it's saying like you're right. Like there is no res um like resolution because it's it's saying like as long as I continue to be the person that I am, these things are going to continue to happen to me. It's not a thing that I can just like find the solution to. It requires like me to change who I am fundamentally as an individual or else I'm just going to keep experiencing these things cyclically. Um, you know, so it is, it is the realization of like, a, Oh no, I don't get to just come out of the other side of this. I have to change myself, you know, and, and the, the fear of, of that realization um, is where the album leaves, leaves off, which isn't a fun place to be hanging out. Yeah. Uh, but it's so. a real place, you know, it's, it's an honest place. Sir is talking about how can the album kind of progresses musically as well. That reflects the the lyrics um, and how it gets darker and more chaotic. But also in that last song, we bring back uh, the guitar lead that I was doing in uh, the first song, "Good Reasons." Um, so, like KZ was saying, it it's um, like it's kind of like a concept album trope to do, but it's also purposeful in that it's that cyclical um nature of how when you're struggling with trauma and mental illness you're stuck in cycles that you have to repeat over and over until you can change something to release yourself from them yeah um and i do i do the same thing lyrically uh it's where the idea to do that came from uh is in that same part where she starts playing the same lead from the first song um, in the, the first song ends with the lyric uh, when all these frozen moments thaw, will I learn how to swim? And when that part comes back at the end of towards the end of the last song is when I start talking about um, I start talking about those, that thaw having occurred. Um, uh, I, ha I, I start talking about, okay, now we're there, we're at the, we're at the moment that I, I started the album questioning yeah. where he, now let's see what happens now that it's come. Um, so we, we revisit the first song for a minute to, to start exploring the answer to that question. And then the rest of the song is just this build up into punishment as I realize the answer to the question. That's amazing. I, I already can't wait to listen to it again. Like now with even more context, I'm so excited. And I really wanted to talk about the cover. Like I, I love the cover. I liked it initially, but especially after getting through the album, like it, you know, I, I, like when I first saw it, I was like, this looks really cool. Like I like the art. It's it's almost like it's, it's like kind of soft, like a little bit in places because there's curves, there's lines, there's like smooth edges. But then like once you get like through even halfway on the last track, like you really feel like a lot more of like the visceral pain, like the flames, elongated limbs. Like I was wondering who who's the artist and then like how the how you wanted the album cover to be like representative or reflective of the album. 
Um, so the the art is by uh, Helvetica, Helvetica Blanc, um, who like all of their art is is that sort of like esoteric, uh, somewhat minimalistic but very like abstract uh, type of stuff. I actually I have here. I was gonna um, ask this print, which is the influence for um, the cover. I I just sent them that. Uh, and I was like, it can be as close to this as you are comfortable getting. Um, I would just buy this from you if you were willing to, but, <laughs> um, but no, they, they, they worked with us and created something a lot more like specific to, uh, what we were doing. Um, they, they really understood the, the vision, but like I sent them, uh, like all the lyrics that had been finished up to that point. Um, and I told them like where I was heading with the, the narrative and stuff. Um, so yeah, it is, it's, uh, it's two figures like interlocked, but one of them is made out of fire. Um, so in the process of attempting to hold on to the other one, uh, the, the primary figure is actively harming itself, um, by trying to keep the other figure close, um, which is more or less what the album is about. Um, trying to keep things in your life, uh, continuing to chase things in your life that only serve to harm you and just not being able to not being able to accept uh, that the solution is to stop because you've convinced yourself that getting the thing is the solution instead. Man, that's incredible. That's yeah. I didn't even realize the flames themselves were a separate figure. That's yeah if you look close uh you can see there's another set of arms coming out of the flames totally right i thought they were just like tendrils of flames but yeah they seem to have like kind of like a sort of shapely form to them Some phalanges on there phalanges <laughs> um, I, I kind of uh i'm just thinking about this now but it's like i kind of like that it's kind of ambiguous um mm. that you can't tell it's hard to tell if it's one or two people yeah, it's a bit um, it's like, like the experience of like losing yourself and like chasing after like looking for external validation in someone else and losing track of yourself and trying to just like yeah. Um, the other fun thing about it is that the artwork was done very early into us writing the album, mm. uh, so we really were looking at this a lot as we were writing the album. Anthony was very proactive, um, got it on his drum kit. So we really were looking at that album cover as we were writing all these songs. <laughs> That's fucking sick. Second stuff file sentence. No, for real. That's, <laughs> That's so awesome. Um, so for like the, the record itself, it's coming out on like, um, well, it's releasing on the 20th. And yep. like, how how's it? How are the physicals looking? Like, you guys are doing like full like merch line. Like, what what's what's all that? Like, let's talk a little yeah. bit about the hard goods, huh? Yeah, we have the vinyl, uh, IRL, um, and they look nice. fucking. They look hot. Oh. Uh, they look. Um, yeah, they're pretty close to the. Don't tease me. Give me some colorways. Come on. Uh, you don't have to. We can, or we can. No, they're, they're available. No, they're available. It's, it's they're up for pre-order. So, um, mm. well, so the. The ones that are up for pre-order are the oh, so the other one, to my knowledge, is retail only, ah, okay. uh, and it's this really nice like electric blue with some like cloudiness in it. Oh, um, 
But if you see us on tour, we have both. Yeah, we got both. We are retail. We count as retail. Yeah. It's uh, <laughs> the dream all uniform. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you come um, see us on tour in uh, November, uh, November 2nd through the 13th, if yeah, I'm not mistaken. We get extended the first, but it's fine. It's literally a conversation that happened last night. That's oh, okay. Um, oh, right. <laughs> right. Um, no, I forgot about yeah, that. I can't, I can't say details. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fair. Um, big things. Even ooh. more big things. Big, big, big scream of it. Yeah, we have colors of the vinyl. <laughs> um, the, the other... I'm, I'm really excited for people to see the layout, too. Uh, yeah. Because right. a, a lot of work was put into that. Yeah, we went hard as shit. I went so hard with everything because I like we had so much time that I just had no choice but to think about it too much. Uh, and when I do that, like I just go fucking crazy. Like I just had like three to four different manic episodes where I just like made up a bunch of shit um, to include with the album. So like, like drawing the album on the walls and shit with like fucking lipstick. I mean, honestly, like I, I was, I was writing a lot of notes, app scraps, like nonsense <laughs> shit, all over the place. Um, that's basically our next music video, too. Oh, yeah, awesome. that's true. Um, the album's broken into, into three chapters that are all, uh, um, like they're all categorized by astrological elements and uh, tarot suits um, that, like, in in certain ways, kind of. Uh, reflect the mood and the imagery of the songs found in those chapters. Um, so like the first chapter is, is fire and it's like, they're kind of the most like intense and like angry songs on the record. Um, and there's like the, the, the references to like things melting and there's the references to, um, you know, all of the destruction in, um, uh, all towers there's the allusion to things actively burning in lord have mercy on my soul um you know and it goes on from there it's earth and then water water right. is where things have thought and they've become water it's where the flooding is in blight town type beat um body fountain uh obviously there's the water imagery in there um so there's that shit the single art is also the chapter art so the booklet has all of that stuff um, and there's like, I don't know, it's just fucking, it's all over the place. There's so oh, much yeah. shit. Going on. Um, it's a fully immersive experience. Uh, okay. damn, 3D glasses. Uh, oh, sick. Yeah, 3D glasses too. Yeah, it has all the. Yeah, it do it? Do it's got an ARG? I'm working on it right now. I've honestly, <laughs> I've been considering, um, writing like a companion short story to go with it, uh, but I'm too busy so i'm probably not going to that's totally valid but if you did then i think it would be really sick not that my opinion yeah. is much better yeah not to like be like oh go, you have to go buy the vinyl for this album i like it is it really is the uh the most optimal listening experience is to be following along to the lyrics specifically on the in the vinyl booklet like not on Bandcamp or like on some lyric site like in the yeah. booklet yeah so you get the visual component too because i'm assuming there's gonna be like extra artwork as kate was saying like different like chapter images things like that like it is a totally immersive experience so pre-order it now it's up and available everyone or buy it straight from the band while they're on tour real which is in november 
select cities and select cities and we definitely will do a tour plug for sure um but pivoting a little bit out of the album talk i did want to kind of as we're moving towards the end a little bit i did want to ask do y'all have a favorite tour or show memory? oh like ones we've done yeah you know like a show that's felt really memorable or one that you were just like i feel like i'm fucking on point tonight you know anything or from Many tour last november minneapolis oh that was sick as fuck um yeah uh all the bands were dope the turnout was crazy um everybody was fucking stoked um and uh we got to we got to play with the band sunset um before uh the the tragic passing of of sean lipinski um so we got to meet him and and share one of the ultimately um, last shows that he would play, I think, um, you know, which is kind of special. Um, and the show was just sick. Uh, I've, I, I have a, a closeness to Minneapolis um, personally. So being able to play there for the first time and have the show be really uh, significant is, is cool. Um <clears throat> I, it's hard to pinpoint a favorite tour for me. Um, but I would say either it would have to be either the tour that we did with Sunflower, um, or the entirety of, um, the Holy Ghost Tabernacle Choir into the mm. World is a Beautiful Place tour. Um, that one had its ups and downs. It had its ups and downs, no question. Yeah. Our van died in Texas. I blew my voice out and it didn't come back until like halfway through the tour. Hmm. Um, but it also like did actively change my life. I met my partner on that tour. So, hmm. um, you know, it's, it's kind of hard to not feel. Yeah. That's really sweet. It, it was definitely like one of the most formative months of all of our lives for sure. And also we met everyone in the world is who's like some of our best friends now and the Holy ghost, some of our best friends too. That's really awesome. yeah. With them. So I I played the first show of the World Is Run and the last show of the Holy Gospel Run on the same amount of sleep. I never went to bed <laughs> that night in between those shows. God damn! Oh yeah, that was that was a fun dream all fact. Uh, we, we we arrived to Little Rock in a fucking monsoon. Uh, it was just raining buckets. It was raining in the venue. God damn! But, he was sick. I'm not. I'm not putting shade on the venue. It was just that's how bad the fucking rain was. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> there was like uh, this much rain on the patio. This, this, this much rain on the patio. <laughs> For you at home, yeah. that looks like to be about maybe like about half a foot almost. Yeah, it was crazy, and uh, I, I I elected to just drive us overnight to Dallas because. I already knew we kind of had a fucky tire and it was midnight and you're not going to get it fixed until the next morning anyway. So I figured we could probably make it to the next town and just do it in the morning before the uh, show starts. But we got within two hours <laughs> of, and it was like quarter of six and our back tire blew out Fuck. and took our coolant line with it. Oh no. And, um, so we ended up waiting on the highway for two hours, to get off the highway to finally somehow repair all those things within five hours and get back on the road to 
get to Dallas and fucking drop the van off at a shop to get worked on while we loaded in and then play the show. And I went to bed after that. <laughs> after bed. we had to search for a hotel for two more hours after that Jesus show. Jesus Christ. And we took public shits in uh, Sulphur Springs, Texas. Yep. Oh, in the see-through bathroom. <laughs> yeah. It's see-through bathrooms. It had two-way mirrors. Oh, is it like supposed to be like a harm reduction thing, or is that like a stylistic I choice? I have no fucking I th- idea. <laughs> I think that. it was a. Uh, I think it was a, a sex thing. Oh. It, oh. Who knows? Yeah. Who knows? I think it was a. Uh, like it was just really funny that this probably very conservative town in Texas had some dude who had some sort of public thing uh, be like, it'd be a great idea to build these two-way mirror bathrooms. Um, So that was a surreal experience to uh, go through all that van shit and then see that bathroom. And it was also surreal to show up for what was going to be like the most important show of our careers abandoned that point uh, <laughs> on no sleep after all of that. <laughs> but that was like the thing. That's how we got there because it was like we're not fucking missing it. Like, yeah, that's the only <laughs> thing that kept us going. <laughs> have happened, but like that's yeah. not important right now. We're getting there. We spent seven years getting to the band to the point where we were playing with one of the bands that their flag was on the wall at our practice space. <laughs> yeah. Brother, you're muted. You're muted. You're yeah, I can't we can't hear you. This is Elias. You'll notice a little bit of a jump in the conversation. Unfortunately, my Zoom crashed and it caused a little bit of a delay, so we kind of lost our place. Uh, but I'm uh, very grateful to Dreamwell for sticking with it and uh, continuing the interview with me. And uh, apologies to all of you for a little bit of that hiccup there. Uh, yeah, just wanted to fill you in. Hey, yo. All right. So, yeah. God damn it. All right. Thank you for catching that. Um, so let me ask again uh let me ask again um what band with all the bands that have been getting back together lately for reunion shows what band that has not gotten back together would you like to see uh get back together that you could either go watch or open for i, I have a hot take about this oh baby. okay let's oh yeah let's i mean we we stopped at the hating for a little while let's bring it back i i don't care if bands get back together Oh, okay. I, I don't. I don't need to see you in like some form that isn't your peak, because I missed seeing these bands at their peak because I didn't get to. I don't need to now see them I see. if they're past whatever date they had. If that makes any sense, it does. That is a hot take. I. I don't know. I, I just like I don't. I, I get it. It's an enjoyable sounds, thing. Other people, sounds like, a... like if I missed a nostalgia trip, I I missed it. Sounds pretty botch phobic. <laughs> well, this is what I'm saying is like I was perfectly content <laughs> knowing I'd never see botch in my life. Right. And now I have an opportunity to maybe be disappointed. Oh, you won't be disappointed. Sure, but I'm just saying. Yeah. I, right. I see what you mean. I do see what you mean. Um 
Yeah, no, I, 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 it's all not gonna be as excited as I would have been like five years ago. Mm. Right. And uh Val. Well, I don't have a hot take. Um <laughs> Whoa, I do just have shocking. I know. I do just have fans <laughs> that I would like to see. Um it is kind of fucked up because honestly, like we played with Sawtooth Corinne and now we're playing with Usurp Synapse, and those are two that would have been on my list uh just to see. Um Oh Jesus! Excuse me. Uh, You're all good. But I'm waiting. I'm waiting for the great redhead redneck hope to get the memo. Oh shit! Um, I would really like to see the great redneck hope. Um, also, what's that dude's name? Um, Blake Connolly. Um, who's in? He could do a whole tour of just bands that he's been in. That would be sick to see. Fucking dead in the dirt, and me and him calling oh, that, us. That, that's his name. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah, those fans same motherfucker responsible for Dead in the Dirt. I I might just like be like immediately just like salty because I discovered the Chariot the year they broke up. Okay. That's when I started getting into the Chariot too. So yeah. that's why I was like, okay, that's fine. Dream well, I mean, I will say I've seen some <laughs> of the footage of Sawtooth Grin. Like, you can't tell me that disappointed you like that. I can't believe they still fucking sound like that. Like, that's nuts. no, they ripped. No, that was amazing. That was cool. But again, it's, I, I mean, yeah. yeah. No, I don't I like wish I could right. like fans. It's like if it happened, I'm just like, oh shit, look at that. Oh, I yeah. do actually, I have another one. And this is like, <clears throat> I'm almost with you on this one because I don't know that they would be as good now sure. as they would have been at their prime. Um, but the Blood Brothers, mm-hmm. um, specifically because they did that reunion set at Riot Fest like several years ago. Yeah. And my stupid ass was like, surely they won't just do a set at Riot Fest. Surely they'll play other shows. So I don't need to go to Riot Fest to see them. And then they just did not fucking do that. (laughs) So now I'm pissed that I had a chance to see the Blood Brothers. And I just gaslit myself into believing that I didn't need to. Right. Oh, that's now I want to see the Blood Brothers to more, not even necessarily to see the Blood Brothers, but to spite myself. <laughs> so, so it isn't Blood some like self-loathing, like hated yeah, away. I guess, yeah. So that tracks. What about uh, what about you, Ak? Um, I f- have a strong intuition for some reason that Fear Before the March of Flames is going to come back in the next few years. I don't know why. Like I keep just like messaging uh, our manager and be like, "Hey, have you heard anything about the Fear Before the March of Flames reunion? You want to guess on that?" Um, for like no good reason okay. besides that I think they should come back yeah. and that that would Ooh. be cool. That would be really cool. Um, I've been gonna, I've been saying. Go ahead. <laughs> I'm gonna hot take here and say that that should not happen because their last album was horseshit. But uh. Maybe it would be in 2026, so then it would be the 20 year of uh, the always open mouth. And uh, also, uh, I don't know if I have a from the March Flames album I dislike. The their self-titled record. It's interesting. It is no, interesting. it isn't. <laughs> yeah, even their worst albums, like. Oh, I think know. it's dog shit. I mean, um, <laughs> their dog shit is better than some other bands' peak outputs. Right. I, I don't know. That album is pretty fucking tough. Oh, um, man, there's some pretty rough bands out there. But uh. They also they just did a like a song with another band that I can't think of the name of right now that put out a record this year that I only Orbs. listened to uh 
because I'm listening to every fucking album that I can possibly come across. Uh, let me see if I can find it on my list. Um, sorry for the fucking dead air here. Uh, oh, Teenage Wrist. On, their, on, on the Teenage Wrist album, Still Love, that came out in 2023, there's a song that has some manner of Fear Before the March of Flames uh, feature on it. I don't know if it's like what? guitar work or if it's a vocal I didn't even thing. know that. Interesting. Uh, yeah, it fucked me up because I listened to the Teenage Wrist uh, album and I went, oh, that sucked. Uh, that was really boring. There was nothing, nothing worthwhile happening here. And then I was like looking at the track list on Spotify and uh, yeah, there's a song that credits fear before the margin flames on there. Uh, right there. It's called cigarette two step. It's not good. <laughs> terrible, <laughs> terrible, song. terrible name. I know it kind of, it's a little rough, but I don't know. Actually, I think your prescience might be, might be functioning on a higher level here. I, I could see that happening. Re- realistically. I might just be like willing it. Maybe um, you're tapped into something. I do. Yeah. Know. Um, I've I've also been telling people that uh, in my saddest dreams is our the always open mouth. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, could, I don't even know what that people, means. I've been telling people that it's our Jane Doe. Oh, that's yeah. Nice. Okay, yeah. I mean, I could see both in a manner of speaking, for sure. Basically, what we're saying is it's a a good album that people should like and listen to because it is yeah. enjoyable and yeah, good exactly if you're listening at home <laughs> everyone from dream thinks that the, their album is going to be better than jane doe and better than the other's open mouth so make sure to say that and repeat that <laughs> that is exactly what i said so yeah fuck those bands <laughs> fucking mid uh for real um so we uh, this is really Rob's favorite question. I also really got a kick out of this one. What is the most illegal or dangerous thing you're willing to admit that you've done on record? And you feel free to omit results. Feel free to change your mind after the fact. Wait, I uh, accidentally have a good one that happened recently. Oh, sick. <laughs> I don't think I even told my bandmates yet because I was too scared to say it out loud. <laughs> oh, shit. Um, did, did y'all notice that I have a different water bottle? No. No. What color? It's different. There's no stickers on it. Wow, I didn't know they had I didn't know they had PvP and roller coaster I know, right? That expansion sounds sick. I gotta get on that. I can follow the story because the way it was told. What? I can't imagine the story when it's being told in a non I think Ryan's having trouble reconciling the roller coaster tycoon. I I can't take the the ad libs parts of the story that fill in the blanks of legal the redactions broke my brain okay Um, good so no one will actually understand what happened yeah Yeah, so it cannot this cannot be replicated (laughs) by the ai or anything like that i got fired from whole foods market for stealing several hundreds of dollars worth of seltzer waters and juices um but other than that i'm a pretty clean boy uh like i don't really do anything so um, I would argue the most dangerous thing that I've done, I don't know, is like, like foolhardy, like the stupidest shit I've ever done was uh drive overnight to Chicago after working a 12, 13 hour shift. 
Um, it's illegal. Jesus. I, so I, I worked a thir- I worked a 13 hour <laughs> shift and then I got in my car and I drove straight to Chicago um, so that I could surprise my partner at a show because uh, I'm not smart and I don't make good decisions. So you left from Providence, Rhode Island right after working and decided to drive all the way to Chicago, which is 969 miles, give or take. And uh, that's uh, I, that's weirdly almost exactly the number. Um, I just put it, I just mapped it. So, oh, okay. Cool. Cause I wanted to see how terrible and idiotic this idea was. And it's, it's pretty bad. Yeah. 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 Um, I rented a car to do it because I was driving <laughs> my sister's car. Yeah. Um, and it just would not have survived. I slept in a mall parking lot in New Jersey at 3 a.m. for about two hours. Damn. Um, yeah, it wasn't good. It was, it was very dumb. Um, but did you have fun in Chicago? Uh, did you have fun in Chicago? Oh, for sure. Yeah. Um, it was great. It was wonderful. It was, uh, it was very appreciated by my partner, mm-hmm. but then I also, I had to go drive straight home uh, and, uh, like in one shot and mm-hmm. I got, I got to work an hour before I had to work and I just slept in the, my work parking lot for about 35 minutes. Good God. Okay. Yeah, I'm not smart. I don't know if I if I said that. I don't know. You might need to throw it in there one more time just so we can really get it hammered home. I'm very I dumb. think that should be the title <laughs> of this interview. <laughs> Dreamwild band full of idiots. Band full of Fourth gay idiots. <laughs> I mean, besides like smoking weed at elementary schools, like fucking <laughs> but I'm pretty tame, but like there was one time where uh, me and my friend Austin conducted a heist of stealing a um, crossbow off of a arcade game of like that was that like horror like one that you like sit in and they have like the crossbows oh, in there. Wow, that was sick! Stole a crossbow from one of those machines from around one. <laughs> just like really, you just really wanted it. Uh, so like it was being like fixed, it was like out of commission, but they just had it chilling there, and okay. it wasn't like hardwired in or anything. So we just kind of took all our flannels off, and Austin wrapped it up and walked out with it while we just kind of stayed busy for the security guards. That's awesome. That's amazing. <laughs> in his fucking apartment. That's so sick. Damn. <laughs> oh, I remember um, one. Okay. We were at. We were gender non-conforming in the state of Tennessee earlier this year. That was pretty fucking illegal. Oh, shit. That's right. Yeah, that is true. I wore a dress in front of the state house. Hell yeah. Yeah, tour in general feels kind of illegal, so. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think this is technically illegal, but, like, uh, it's really petty and dumb. But I think it's very funny. Yeah, uh, me and my cousin, um, uh, PJ, we were walking we used to walk around his neighborhood all the time and there was this house that had like an absurd number of like kitschy like lawn decorations um and one of them was like this like wooden cutout of like it was supposed to look like an old lady like bending over to pick something up but you could see her like old lady underwear no um we called it the ass um and uh (laughs) one day we 
we stole the ass out of her yard <laughs> and we we kept it at like in his bedroom for a full calendar year oh my god and then after a full calendar year we brought it back to the house and staked it in front of the door so it was facing them when they came out of the house um it was this insane scheme <laughs> just we thought it would be so funny to have this person like lose their thing and be like why why would anybody take this and then a year later it just be outside of their door like facing them <laughs> it's right that is some serious mind game type shit that is such a long game i know <laughs> that was stupid that's the... this this whole conversation is just digging up so many repressed memories from me living in florida <laughs> you got another one <laughs> because of course it is oh nothing just a bunch of florida shit um there, there is one night where somebody like backed into our uh um like we had our trash cans out front and somebody just like uh -huh. backed into our trash can and like smashed it and like hit and ran it and we're like well fuck jesus now we don't have a trash can for a stuff away and so we just got in my friend's pickup truck and like stole another trash can from somebody else's house because it was like we don't want to deal with this um and that seems like florida crimes yeah that, i mean no offense but that sounds pretty floridian to me though also <laughs> i would give it to some parts of georgia and maybe like 90 percent of the state of alabama we are also uh there's one night where we were um at a uh we were at like a death core show in florida and my friend got like punched above the eye Oh. and like got his like eye split open and oh, then shit. we couldn't go we couldn't take the train home until like the next morning so we we're just stuck like wandering on fort lauderdale and we're like well we might as well go to the hospital while we're here because your shit's kind of fucked up um so i we went to the hospital then we were like still had all this time, and he got like stitches and we still had all this like time to kill um so we're just like sitting in front of the hospital and there's this really nice like fountain with like a little like courtyard in the middle of it and we're like we need to smoke weed at this hospital it's too uh mm -hmm. this little courtyard is like too cool to not smoke weed here um and this was back when that was i mean it's like still florida uh yeah but it felt like a very uh smoking weed in florida always felt very um very dice roll like bad yeah <laughs> yeah okay that's pretty awesome i mean i mean who doesn't love a good smoking spot you know i don't partake anymore personally but I, me I neither so i just think about living in florida <laughs> yeah uh, straight fucking edge weed is fun <laughs> got, a, got a myriad of answers here but the one i'm most curious about is probably our most popular question uh assuming well, I'm not even going to ask if you guys are pacifists or not. I think I have a pretty good idea at this point. But if you could punch yeah. anyone in the face as hard as you possibly fucking can, God, and there's saying. absolutely no repercussions. I know. That's why I was like a little bummed, but I want, <laughs> we can, we can throw it back one more time. We need to find, find someone else. Sorry, what'd you say, Ryan? I got Mitch cut off. We can finally retire. Hi, you might just kill him. But that's what, that's what, what I mean. retire means. Ah, okay. Retire. <laughs> I got gotcha. you. Like mob terminology. Sure. I yeah. Think of a clever answer because, like, 
saying like Elon Musk is almost just too like easy at this point because like, you know no one's this. actually said that surprisingly really yeah it, so it seems too easy it seems too right. obvious we get a lot of uh DeSantis we got a lot of Trump we get McConnell sometimes yeah all of them too yeah someone said <laughs> Danny Trejo once which I thought was pretty that's great that's madness Hi. <laughs> I've got I've got two uh for wildly varying reasons one uh Billy Corgan yeah <laughs> I want to. I want to. I want to put a new hole in that man's face. <laughs> um, I hate that fucking guy. Fourth oh, hole. I hate that motherfucker. Um, the other one is Vince. Uh, uh, Vince Vaughn. No, I you're gonna say Vince Neil for a second. No. <laughs> the other one is Vince Vaughn. Yeah. No. Uh, Vince Vaughn has never done anything to offend me. Um, I I don't think that I uh, I don't think that his movies are very good. But I don't think that warrants being punched in the face. However, his face does look like it's made out of clay. And I'm curious if it would mold around my fist or not. <laughs> so it's not even like anger. It's just like an experiment. It's purely yeah, really. science. This is purely this is science. In that case, it's science. I mean. So those are my two. Okay. I was like working on like an on-site list for when someone wanted to like do an interview just specifically about this. I can't remember half of them, though. Dang. Because I'm, like, healing as a person and, like, trying to be, like, Hmm. less centered around my, like, hatred. So I forgot all the people in the music industry. Yeah. There's one I always forget, but the other person, the other celebrity on my uh, on-site list is Sting. Not the wrestler, the musician. Damn. Yeah. He kind of deserves it a little bit. He made a fucking reggae album with Sean Paul. Did you know that? No, that's what? fucking crazy. He has a reggae album with Sean Paul. They're like buddies. Yeah, we're gonna look that up. I, I just did. don't like that all of like the big hit police songs end with him just saying the same word or phrase over and over again for like sixteen bars. <laughs> um, which I thought about it, and for a while I was like, all of their songs end with like a jam, right? Where like yeah. drummers going crazy, and like there's kind of a cool riff happening. And in my head, I was like. And then the dumbass lead singer feels left out because uh, he doesn't get to jam. So right. he just has to say, uh, you know, put on the red light or uh, message uh, sending out an SOS 47 times in a row. And then I realized that he's the bass player. So he's also doing something. He's already <laughs> doing a thing. He could just shut the fuck up. And for that, a punch in the head for sure. Okay. That's yeah, for sure. Shit. Fuck Sting. That feels pretty valid to me. Fuck the police in two directions. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, I know we talked about this a little bit earlier, but I'm deeply curious. What is what's what's a actually unpopular music take that you have? Oh God, an unpopular one. An unpopular one. What one's like? You know, I know on Twitter, literally every other week, some assholes like what. What music opinion has you like this? What hardcore? Like, yeah. Oh, oh, I get to be the assholes. Yeah, but now we can do it on a podcast, so it's actually it actually means something. Shit. Uh... <laughs> I think I'm... we're we're perfect angels and have no bad opinions because we're always right. Now we no. have something that I think uh... also validly you may have already dropped a, a few of them throughout the interview. So, if <laughs> if you're gonna play a guitar solo. <clears throat> reconsider <laughs> that's fair M- maybe make a different decision yeah i kind of hate a solo 
Yeah. Yeah. The Van Halen days are dead. We we can give that up. Oh, yeah. Definitely never bring back dual solos. Oh, baby. Like dueling solos. Oh, I, baby. I hate when people yeah that's that i hate when on stage when like members like do the like walk up to each other thing oh and, baby like, interact for the sake of interacting i hate that shit that's so real that shit is so fucking fake that's just like I, you are you do you enjoy that actually or are you just doing it because you think it is a thing i think the only interaction between band members should either be accidentally running into each other or flipping each other off on stage yeah Ooh. or like sometimes i'll just kick kz because it's fun yeah but like clearly like what I'm doing. Just like a... I'm clearly just being annoying. Am I like looking into my mate's eyes like it's authentic? Mm, we're fucking ripping this solo right now, dude. Yeah, eat shit. Definitely. <laughs> All right. It's still kinda lukewarm. I feel like we could do better. Yeah, it's just like, you know. What's gonna get us in trouble on DIY Twitter? Literally anything. DIY Twitter is made of fucking soft lotion tissue so i mean otherwise i'm typically like do whatever the fuck you want yeah, yeah. but also like valid. don't make don't make radio country yeah don't be a you wiener know. yeah yeah <laughs> um so as we're wrapping up i wanted to kind of ask uh what's the next big goal or accomplishment that uh y'all have as a band i mean you have the new album coming out you know you have some tours some special events planned it sounds like but like what's the next big thing that y'all would like to achieve get some fucking sleep uh <laughs> that's a good one that's nice uh, mm-hmm. yeah like i don't know sell a t-shirt on tour that'd be pretty fucking cool <laughs> yeah. the actual scrams rich um I don't like anything seems like too far away. So I don't I know. Really, like, it, it's just not even a thought. I don't think about my life more than two days from now because the future is terrifying and yeah, there's a bunch yeah, of basically. shit to do before that. Uh, so, if, I, if I really had, um, if I, I really think up. about, sorry, what? <laughs> I was saying, like, for instance, I have to wake up tomorrow is a thing that, oh, yeah, in the near future, that's um, yeah. worrisome. We uh, if I really think about like what's the best, most fulfilling part of being in a band besides like getting to hang out with my bandmates and like writing sick music, which we'll continue doing, I suppose. Um, like, I uh, the interactions with people at shows or just like people talking about your music, where they actually are like, very. Like when people talk about the albums and it's clear they like spent a lot of time analyzing and listening and thinking about this and really caught all those little details like we were talking about today, but like without yeah. even talking to us, like they really had that connection or they're actually inspired and feel moved and not just like album was sick, set was sick. Yeah. Um, like there's a handful of people like that. There's a handful of people who like, especially queer and trans people who are like, it's really inspiring to see all like touring the country and doing this and like mm. uh it's like really important that you guys are doing this um and i think like all those interactions and all those moments um are so much more important than like uh 
like a Spotify number or an Instagram number or even like a number of just like heads in a crowd. Um, like that's so I, I guess just like more of that as long as we have more of that like um, I think we're gonna want to keep doing this. Yeah, I just want to go on tour and have the money to do so. Oh yeah, I want to do shit a, broke. <laughs> I want to do a collab album with the body. Um, oh fuck I, yeah! I, I I want a Danny Brown feature. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry, I didn't mean to. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to laugh that hard. <laughs> that, that would be really sick. That's why I'm laughing. That would be fucking awesome. Uh, I want to play in Japan. Hell those yeah. are my okay, goals. Yeah, and very achievable, I would say. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, Danny Brown's gonna hit you up immediately. No, but I mean, Danny Brown is. I feel like he's very much in his like, like weird do whatever the fuck era. Very true. Once he started Twitch streaming, it feels like he threw the rule book out, you know. So I feel like if like an established record label reached out to Danny Brown, it was like, hey, this screamo band wants you to say some weird shit on their song. He would probably be like. Just do the classic okay. like hand in the CD at a show. So, yeah, right. Do it. Do the rapper mixtape style. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me uh, let me scream a couple bars for you. Yeah, come yell some shit. Um, please, <laughs> Danny, my brother. <laughs> my my family is dying. I need this. <laughs> um. All right. So we've we've made it to the end. Thank you so much for bearing with me, and sorry for the technical difficulties again. This last part is like a space for you to give any shout outs. If you if there's anything in particular you want to plug, if there's any causes near and dear to your heart that you'd like to speak on, um, this is your space to do so. I kill transphobes. Yeah. Agreed. Uh, yeah. Nailed it. Listen to our <laughs> album, which. Um, yeah. In that order, mostly guys. kill transphobes. Kill transphobes first. If you're not killing transphobes, you don't deserve to fucking listen to the album. So do that first, and then uh, you can worry about the album. All right, you heard it here, guys. The only thing that should ever comes out of a transphobe's mouth is blood and teeth. Dream on. Yeah, too many people walking around with all their teeth. Yeah, right. <laughs> Play more hockey, losers. Yeah, that's yeah. Um. So- All right. Thank you all so much for bearing with me and coming on. Uh, I hope you have a great night.